Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It's June the 28th, 2021, and as always, um, stuff is happening in California, where I live in San Francisco. Uh, the headlines this morning are uh, eerily prescient, as if they were invented in Hollywood, or at least in the old Hollywood. Um, the state's going through a, a major heat wave. Southern California heat wave brings record ten temperatures ahead of looming thunderstorms. One wonders whether those thunderstorms are metaphorical or real. Um, the Los Angeles Times reports that the Summer dreams are drying up north, up on the Russian River, a paradise whipsawed by drought, flood, and rain. Paradise, of course, is the northern Californian town that burnt up in the fires a couple of years ago. Um, California is, of course, the dream state, the state made by the movies, invented by the movies, and today on the show, we have one of California's great interpreters, one of uh, California's leading writers on movies. And he has a new book out all about California, Mick LaSalle, Dream State, California in the Movies. Uh, Mick, let me get you on screen. This isn't Hollywood, but it's the closest I can get. Uh, these... Uh, these um, these fires, Mick, you have a section at the end of your book on utopia. Is there something cinematic about the the state frying up and burning up? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess potentially, but it's, it's uh, yeah, it, it's scary. I, it was, it's, um, it, it was, it wasn't that bad last year, but then the year before that it was horrible. Or was it, the, no, the reverse. It was horrible last year, but the year before that wasn't that bad, but then the year before that was bad. And at, at the end, of, at the beginning of any, every one of these seasons, you just wonder. Yeah, I guess it's the stuff from movies, but who wants to be in a movie? You know. Uh, you have a chapter at the, your, the end of your book on California and utopia, and of course, when we think of utopia, we also think of dysutopia. You bring out one of my favorite movies, uh, Monterey Pop. What's Monterey Pop got to do with California utopia? Uh, Monterey Pop is, 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 uh, it's a movie that, that, that it's a documentary that just shows something at its perfect moment before it starts to go bad. And, and, it, and usually in life, whenever things look like they can only get better and from now on, it's just going to be amazing. That's usually when it's at its best point and then it starts going downhill and so to me, that's the, you know, the, the whole rock and roll hippie ideal of the 60s just comes to some kind of um, climax in Monterey Pop, which is, you know, film, the film came out in 68, was filmed in 1967 about the Monterey Pop Film Festival. And by the time you get to, and it's just, a, you know, it's a vision, and it's just perfect weather and everybody's beautiful. And then by the time you get to Woodstock, not even Altamont, by the time you get to Woodstock, things are sort of starting to curdle. You know, it's like well, a lot of 
everybody's really on serious drugs. They can barely talk. And is this, uh, you, you talk about another movie, the 1970 movie, yeah. Jimmy Shelter. So we go from, um, when it comes from, from the utopia of uh, Monterey Pop to the dystopia of Gimme Shelter. Very Californian journey. And it only took a couple of years, Mick, didn't it? Yeah, it took three years. Uh, well, no, no, two years, two and a half years. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you, you see it coming in Woodstock, but then it's, it's, um, it's completely over by, by Altamont. What were you doing in 1968? In 1968, I was in third grade, uh, so that's what I was doing. Uh, third grade or the beginning of fourth grade, because I was born. So, in, so you weren't, a, you weren't at uh, Monterey or Altamont <laughs> or, or any of these things? No, no, I wasn't. Um, there. One of the I movies that you talk about, Mick, that sort of somehow summarizes this intimate, eerie relationship between utopia and dystopia in California is... Uh, Day of the Locust. What yeah. is it about Day of the Locust that you think somehow captures this um, spirit or anti-spirit of California? Well, you know, Day of the Locust, you know, this movie guy comes out hoping to, to make it in Hollywood and everything is, is kind of beautiful and the woman is, you know, he's in love with, he meets a woman, he's falling in love with her, but then everything just sort of just goes to hell. Uh, the the woman is 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 pretty awful, really. Uh, the uh, you know his prospects aren't all that great, and then it, en it ends with a total riot at a at a movie premiere. So it's just it's um it's sort of like um it's it's, it's like a picture of like like a like a dream that that just goes. It's like um it's like everything's just beautiful on the surface, and then and it's like the the head turns around and this. There's like snakes, there's like worms coming out of the eyeballs or something. Has Do that you think that there's something uh, coincidental about the fact that the movie industry, not that it was really formally born in, in California, but it, 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 it matured in California? But could, could, the, could the movie business have begun anywhere but California? <coughs> well, uh, you know, in the old days, they used to, excuse me, <coughs> in the old days, they used to film on sound stages that were that didn't have roofs, so in that practical sense, the answer is no. I mean, they were originally doing it in Fort Lee, New Jersey. That was the, the center of the film business was Fort Lee, New Jersey. But you know, Fort Lee, New Jersey, half the year is bad weather, um, whereas California is great. And then California also has uh, access to. Uh, I mean, right out in other words, you have the city, but then. You have access to the, the woods. You have access to stuff that looks like, you know, the set of a Western. There's so much, so many possibilities in terms of, so just in a physical sense, no. But in terms of like a spiritual sense, I mean, it just really, of course, California grew up with the movies and the movies grew up with California. But even from the beginning, California was always a place where you go to strike it rich. You go to basically, if you just have some courage and you make, make, make your way across, you might get lucky. And like you did, you, you say that you came to California as a 20-year-old, I guess after college, you grew up in New York, and you yeah. found yourself both uh, in terms of your career and perhaps your identity in California. Well, I wouldn't say either, actually. Uh, or maybe you I, lost yourself. Well, yeah, well, well, no, in terms of my, I, I, I was, I would say that it, that would be accurate 
if I came here and then got a job. But it was the opposite. I got a job and so I came here. So it was, you know what I mean? So it wasn't like I, I went into in went to California in, in pursuit of something. And the other thing is I came here when I was 26. And by then my identity is pretty much formed. I, I don't I definitely, you know, I don't I mean I root for the Mets. You know what I mean? I don't root for the Giants. I mean I have nothing against the Giants. I hope, you know, I wish them well. But when I check baseball, the, yeah, baseball the Giants yeah. rather than the New York Giants. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so I, you know, I, my identity as somebody who is from New York is, is pretty, it's pretty fixed. And, and I think also just my sensibility is very much, a, you know, kind of a working class New York, uh, sensibility rather than a California sensibility. Do, do you think that that enables you to see through California, that wor what you call a working class New, uh, New York sensibility? Does that give I you the the hardness to see through California, <laughs> not to get seduced by it. I will. I mean, I could get seduced by it, but it, it's not going to change my identity. You know what I'm saying? Um, I would say. Is, is that, there a is there a California identity, Mick? I would say, well, California identity. I mean, not strictly speaking, you can't say that there's a specific California identity, but I would say that um, there are. There's a certain there's certain ways of looking at life, there's certain ways of behaving. I mean, when I when I got to when I first arrived in San Francisco, I, I was very thrown off by the way the people talked to me because it was so it was it was rather foreign. Uh, they were they were they were friendly, they were uh, familiar with that being friendly. It's a strange combination that that it's in. Okay, that was, a, kinda, that was a Californian exit and and and, and re-entry there. Okay, that's about great. that for the, the uh, technical uh, the, the the technical um, adjust. Uh, but uh, Mick, you were talking about um, the Californian identity. I was just talking about just just ways of behavior and also ways of looking at life. Uh, so I, I just found it very disconcerting when I was first here because people were familiar with that being friendly, um, and so. It just the, the ways of getting to know people were a little bit different. Um, I mean, I guess it, it's most fundamental level. People are kind of uh, the same when you get to really, really, really know them. But how many people in life do you really, 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 really get to know? And, and for the most part, most social interaction is played against whatever the convention is in that particular place. You know what I'm saying? Do you, do you think that, uh, you, you know, your, your book and, and your career as, as a writer about movies do you think the fact that California is such a a celluloid state undermines personal relations? Do you think people struggle with one another in person in contrast with New York? I I don't think that it's the celluloid aspect to it, but I, I would say that because California is largely made up of people who move there from other places and so don't feel necessarily necessarily grounded in all the people they went to high school with and, and their whole family. There is a little bit of uh, a necessary, a, a kind of a necessary uh, self-protectiveness. The uh, the New York thing is is self-protective. The East Coast people are self-protective against strangers, but as soon as you cross that stranger, not stranger barrier, then all the defenses are, are gone and everybody's just completely normal. In California, there's a level, there's a whole area of friendliness that 
doesn't necessarily mean anything. It doesn't mean that people are cold and don't want it to mean anything, but it's just that they have to, they, I think they feel they have to protect themselves because in a sense, a lot of them are alone. Uh, Mick, the other headline, of course, today is the very sad one about the disaster in Florida. Again, it's rather cinematic. Here we have the image of the New York Times, the the building literally collapsing. Uh, you have a section in your book on um, on on disasters. Uh, you have something on uh, the towering inferno uh, and something on airport, which is a um, a more humorous take on disaster movies. What is it about California and disasters, Mick, that bring the two together? Is it because the state is an endless series of disasters from beginning to end? <laughs> well, it's partly that, but it's also, I think, I think part of the, the, the fun of California having disasters as far as, as uh, people outside of California is concerned is that, you know, it, it seems like everything seems perfect. So it, Everything, you know, the weather is nice and everything and so physically beautiful. Even the cities are physically beautiful. And so, it, you know, you know, it's kind of like if you lived in paradise, right? Then, well, if you don't live in well, paradise. This is paradise, but if you lived in paradise, you'd be out of a home because it burned down a couple of years ago. That's true. Ago. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. Well, if you live in, in another kind of paradise, the only thing that you have to worry about is death, right? I mean, like if you... If you're living in a kind of a hard, lousy place, you have to worry about everything else. But when you're when you're living in a place that's really beautiful and nice and the weather's beautiful, the only thing's left is is disaster. You know, the only thing left is like the horrible thing happening. And so I think that's a little bit of that. I think it's a little bit of like uh, it's like, well, nothing bad can happen. And then, of course, something like unthinkable and horrible happens. In this case, it happened in Florida, where you know just the building shears off and collapses. Or something. Is Florida just a wannabe California? Do you think? <laughs> well, it's good. Florida's like California with with humidity, I guess. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I like Florida. It's Florida just fine, but it's it's very difficult to be there. It's it's the, the weather. I mean, it's the weather is ghastly in Florida as opposed to in California. So. I don't know. I, 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 if it's a wannabe, it's going to stay wanting to be. Because yeah, well, we don't want, we certainly uh, are not eager, although some Californians, especially the, the tech people now, are going to Florida, which I think we're all happy about. Uh, Mick, we had um, your fellow movie reviewer and San Francisco dweller, David Thompson, on the show recently. I'm sure you know him. Um, yeah, sure. I know him. Talking Good about guy. the cinematic precursors of Donald Trump. And of course, uh, one of the movies that came up, um, uh, Thompson is an expert and authority on Wells and Citizen Kane. Is there something peculiarly Californian about Kane, given you're talking about paradise? Here was a man who lived in paradise and was profoundly miserable. Yes, I know. I think that that's about right. I don't write, I barely, I don't even know if I write about Citizen Kane in the book. But I don't I think, think you do, actually. I, I was curious I why you didn't. Is it too big a film? You you, you talk about less well-known films. No, I just didn't think of it. I mean, that's, <laughs> it didn't cross my mind as I was writing these chapters. You know, think about the book like this. A book like this is very strange. I never wrote a book like this because it's basically when, you, when one starts a, a chapter in a book like this, it's, it, you don't know where you're going to go because basically the only thing that is going to get you to the end of the chapter is getting ideas and and 
And the ideas are the one thing you don't know if you're going to get. Like, if you know I have to tell this story, then I have to tell this story, I have to tell this story, then that's an easy way to write because you know what you have to do. But if you just have to get ideas as you go along. So in a sense, at, at the beginning of every chapter, I'm at the mercy. Of, I know, I know what the topic is, right? right. I'm at the and mercy the book of whatever is great. I, I mean, you've got chapters on utopia, on love, on, um, on identity. Uh, the only thing I was looking for in the book was more on Hitchcock. Thompson wrote a piece for Lit Hub recently about why Hitchcock's films still feel dangerous. Of course, the ultimate Hitchcock California movie is Vertigo. Why did you, I think I you mentioned, have a I mentioned couple of references, but yeah. what do you think about Hitchcock and California, particularly Vertigo and the other great California movie that he made was Shadow of a Doubt about a doubt. small town America, about Santa Rosa in 1943. Yeah, Shadow of a Doubt. Um, Shadow of a Doubt is, is interesting because it, you, you wonder if, if you know, you have this, this murderer comes to town and, and the thing that undermines him is the fact that he has a psychic connection with his niece. And the first time I saw the movie, I, I didn't, but I didn't put it in the book because I didn't agree with myself the second time I saw it, but that might be an argument for only watching things once. Um, I felt that in a way he was, he was cast out of, that, that basically that the small town almost had a kind of like, um, was almost like, like vaccinated against him or something, that there was something in the small town that was in its own way lethal um, and that would would be able to expel the guy and that there was like something in the workings of the small town and the way Hitchcock presented the small town is like kind of um, benign but weird and that that there was something about that that would be lethal to the bad guy like the kind of like a kryptonite but when I saw the movie again I didn't agree with myself so I think that's a good idea but I didn't use it because I'm not I can't put stuff in that I don't agree with what about yes. Vertigo? Vertigo. Well, Vertigo is great. I mean, uh, Vertigo is, um, I mean, to me, you know, the, the, just the California thing about it is that, that, that um, California, it would say it's very San Francisco. San Francisco just, you know, is, is beautiful. And, you know, if, he, if this was taking place in New York, he, he wouldn't even stand out because in New York, everybody's having a nervous breakdown. But somebody who's having a nervous breakdown in the middle of this beautiful, colorful place, almost ideal looking city in, in you know 1958 is not only going to stand out but he's also going to feel very lonely because he's right going it's an anti uh, vertigo of course is the anti-love story um it's a yeah. it's it's a phallic film i mean hitchcock was i think obsessed with one kind of phallic imagery or another and, and the whole film i think <laughs> is a series of images of trees and coit tower and all the rest of it so you had sex on his mind. You all movies, of course, have sex on their mind. You have a section on love in the book. Uh, you write about modern girls. You oh, write yeah. about uh, a star is born. Uh, you write about American graffiti. What is it about California and love, Mick? Well, it's California really lends itself to the, one of the genres. You know, the the, the one great night film where. Uh, and I think it's partly because it's kind of a car culture and also because it just looks really good. And, and it has, uh, I don't know, there's, there's something, there's something, well, it's a beautiful backdrop to fall in love in. It's, it's the, there's the possibility of movement. I mean, it's not like everybody has to take the subway to get from one place to another. Everybody just gets in the car and goes somewhere. And there's just possibilities of a lot of reversals. The, 
the movie Modern Girls, I, I hope that people see that movie because it's, I think that's a really great movie about um, being young in the 80s and that it really was almost ignored in its time. In fact, when it yeah. opened in 1986, it, what, it didn't screen for critics. So it wasn't even reviewed in most places. And the only reason why it was reviewed in the Chronicle is because I was at this stage of my career where they would send me to you know, the worst movies that, that were out there. And it just so happened, you know, and which is very often the movies that don't screen. And uh, that turned out to be really good. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's it's just it's a beautiful backdrop and it's and there's a lot of possibility. And I think that's probably about it. Although the difference is the, the difference between the, the thing that makes it California rather than New York or East Coast is that with. Um, with California, usually the, the the one great night movie, the falling in love thing, is not just about falling in love, but it's usually about like realization of yourself, like realizing, becoming a better person. California is all about self improvement in some way, either physically or mentally, or both. Yeah, I wonder if uh, the the one night thing is also because California is built on not having a memory, and one night films <laughs> are about forgetting both the past and the future they're all in the present another uh, genre of movies that you're a big fan of that you really write wonderfully about in the film uh are noirs what is it about a noir i'm not sure if everyone even listening or watching this knows what a, a noir is so you might define that mick and talk okay. about uh, the noir and california and this genre which lends itself so perfectly to the state well film noir is a kind of uh crime film in a sense, or a crime film that was made largely from around 1944 through the early 1960s that were characterized by certain stylistic elements, a lot of uh, very often flashbacks, a lot of evil women, uh, uh, long shadows, uh, cities, streets at night, usually streets at night after it rains. So it's like certain characteristics and to qualify as a noir, you know, usually it, it Different movies can be argued into being noirs, but usually they have several, like more than a few of those characteristics. Very often narration too, you know, it was a rainy night, she walked in, that kind of thing. So it's a little bit of that going on. And uh, with with California, it, it's a very, it's a, I think that, that noir is very much a, a product of California. It's, it's definitely a product of California writers. But also within noir, and this is like the discovery I made as I was doing it, because I, I never bothered to notice. But within noir, it seems like we have two distinct varietals. Uh, we have the San Francisco noir and the uh, Los Angeles noir. And the Los Angeles noir is much more despairing and and uh, negative and uh, and hopeless and nihilistic, whereas the San Francisco noirs, as bad as they get, as as awful as it gets, usually they have happy endings. Um, so it's uh, I know it's a, it's a strange thing. I mean, one of the uh, one of the my favorite sort of modern noirs, I guess, is the Long Goodbye, which is the classic LA noir, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good one. What would I mean, be in a, 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 a San Francisco noir? Would Bullet be a noir in a weird kind of way? Well, noir maybe, with but a car I, chase? So if you get to a San Francisco noir, I mean, like the Maltese Falcon is kind of like a proto-noir, but also you get to like uh, Born to Kill. Uh, uh, there's the, oh, what's that? The one with Lauren Bacall and Humphrey Bogart, not Key Largo. 
uh, Duck Passage. Mm. That's another one. Um, so, uh, so anyway, so it's 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 those things, and they all you know they get, it gets really bad, really 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 bad. But usually there's like a reversal at the end. Another one is uh, um, Decoy. Horrible, horrible stuff. But then in the end, so right or a good one is. Um, uh, Oh, what's the one with uh, Orson Welles? Uh, touch of Eden, not Touch of Eden. Yeah, that is, um, that, that, is a, that is. But I'm not talking about that one. It's uh, the one with Rita Hayward. Not uh, the Shanghai one. Yeah, Lady from Shanghai. Oh, Lady, Lady from Shanghai. Yeah, Lady Lady from Shanghai. That that's another one where you know it's it it ends like in a massacre, but actually the good guy walks away pretty much fine. So that's typical San Francisco. Just a different vibe. I mean, like what I say in the book is that you know L.A. Uh, San Francisco doesn't care if you live or die, but LA actually wants to kill you. Yeah, I, I always think that LA is is the new is like New York in 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 nice weather, whereas San Francisco is is genuinely California, and for better or worse. Mick, I know you got to return the rental car, but let's yeah. uh, quickly move yeah, on. Sure. We had um, again, I'm sure you know him, Ron Brownstein uh, has a wonderful new book out, yeah. Rock Me on the Water, a film about 90, uh, a book about, not film, a book about 1974, arguing that this was the, the great moment in American cultural history. He writes about Rock Me on the Water, uh, which is, of course, a song uh, and about art and, and literature. But above all else, it's a, it's a book about movies. Um, and he begins the book with... Um, reference to both shampoo and chinatown is 1974 the great year uh mick for <laughs> california movies you you write about shampoo and chinatown and of course chinatown again is is one of the californian movies i isn't Ch i i could have sworn shampoo is 1975 really that's 1975. well i think he cheats a little bit uh, that's what but it is. anyway yeah. what what's a year yeah yeah amongst friends uh, I mean, 1974 is a nice year. I started to say that was my that was my first concert at Sir Elton John with uh, John Lennon at Madison Square Garden in 1974. 1974 was was perfectly fine. But you know, I think with all these with these books, I mean, I, I think to say 1974 was the greatest year is it's just it's just an organizing principle uh, for being able to talk about the 70s. I I I I wouldn't take that specific year. The, the, the concept of that specific year terribly seriously. And not only that, but I would expect that the writer of the book wouldn't take it seriously enough to inhibit him from talking about the early 70s in general. I mean, the early 70s in general is the fruition of the 60s. I mean, the, the early 70s. Right. Well, that's, just, I think, fantastic. his point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the early 70s were great. They were great for movies. They were great for culture. They were they were great for Vietnam being over in, in January of 1973. So I didn't have to worry about that when I was, I was 14. So I didn't have to worry about that. Um, so it was a great time, but you know, just, you, you, you can't overdo it. I think that he, I, I haven't read that book. I'm interested in reading. You should it. read I it. Know. I think you'd find it yeah. really interesting. I mean, it begins I I with a wonderful description of uh, the friendship between Nicholson and BT and talks about them as very different characters and the movies as being very different movies, but 1974 representing a culmination. Anyway, Mick, I know you got to return the rental car. Let me end. Uh, great book, Dream State, California in the movies. Anyone who's interested in either California or the movies needs to read it. It's written in your 
um, in your unique, um, erudite, but very readable and fun way. One, okay. one, uh, one movie, uh, Mick, I know this is a dumb question, but I got to ask it at the end. One movie, if someone was, someone oh. never been to California, never going to come, didn't oh, know anything wow. about the state, but if they had to watch one movie about California, would it be Wizard of Oz? You begin with that oh, film, even go. if it isn't formally a film about California. I, well, I'd say that that's that's a good movie about Hollywood because uh, the wizard is a a phony who sets himself up as a big shot in a place where all the people are little, and he gives everybody very bad advice. And and when he tries to, you know, anybody comes to him to have any do, do anything, he tells them basically to go out and get themselves killed by going to kill the witch. But then they finally do kill the witch. Then and then what he does when he has to give them something, he can't give them what they really want, so he gives them lessons in being a phony. You know, so he gives the he gives the guy who doesn't have a brain a college degree. He gives the guy you know who, who doesn't have a heart uh, evidence that he has a big heart, and he gives the uh, cowardly lion a medal. So it's like basically, it's like saying, "Hey, you can you can set up shop just like I did. I'm not even a wizard, and everybody thinks I'm a wizard. So you could do this." To me, that's just very California. Definitely very Hollywood for sure. Well, if you want to, if you want to understand. California on film, watch Wizard of Oz. If you want to under want to want to read about California on film, read Mick LaSalle's new yeah. book, Dream State, California in the movies. Mick, good luck on on um on on returning the car. And I'd love to have you back on the show with De- David Thompson because uh He's a great then guy. we can we can debate all these films in more detail and more controversy. Uh, Thanks. I so would much. love to I, I would I would love to come on with David. He's he's a friend of mine and he's a he's a brilliant great guy. I like him a lot.